0: Hi, I'm Reg Harvick, and today I'm here with Joe Winchester, who is uh, an uh, IBM mainframer uh, with quite the personality, as you'll hear over the coming <laughs> minutes. Uh, he's, he's based in the uh, near Hursley, I guess, actually, somewhere between London and Hursley. Well, well Joe, let's let's dig into this. Uh, first of all, how the heck did you end up on the mainframe? That's a really good question. I'm actually based in Hursley right now. You are based in Hursley? Right now.
1: I am in. The, the 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 Hursley Lab, as it's sometimes called, the Hursley Laboratory, uh, which is also where I live. I live. I have a marvellous commute to work. Um, I Sometimes, um, get bad day, I, I haven't got it pinned up on my office at the moment, but I have, you know, the kind of Google Maps, you know, other online map tools are available uh, that shows a dotted line between my front door and my office. And over about 70 percent of that is on IBM property. I'm literally IBM's neighbour. You wow. go outside a fence, past some trees, past a very pretty little church in the village of Hursley and uh, and and you'll get to my my house yeah
0: so um but not for those of us work location yeah for for those who are not deep mainframe nerds like myself the reason i'm so excited about hersley kicks or cics was my first product on the mainframe back in 1987 the first thing i worked with and kicks is maintained in hersley now it was actually created in the united states but then moved uh, development was moved over to Hersley, England, uh, pretty early on. And I have so many things I love to talk about with Kicks. Um yeah, so, that so it's it's it, it was about the 1970s yeah? or something like that. You imply it was moved last week. Yeah, well, no, so, 1968, I think 68 or 69. Kicks went. Uh, I guess 69. It was officially GA. Um, and yeah, it was I guess it must have been in the 70s that it moved to England.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you at 68, I thought you were going to like outdate me. I thought I was, was going to come up with some joke about rounding up from. So, yeah, so no, just, just just for folks who are watching who think it just got moved over last week or something, um, and you yeah, know, so uh, MQ 3 um, MQ as it's now called. Got to get the brand right. Uh, the messaging queuing platform again. That's developed to a lot of other awesome awesome software. Yeah, so it's my it's my home. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're nerding out on 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 Thursday and a lot of really cool well, products. ZOS Connect is created here for folks who know about things for the best WebSphere enablement of. Um, of uh, you know, kicks transactions and DBT store procedures and all that cool stuff. Yeah, a lot of very very I just smart stuff. Yeah,
0: I just realized. I mean, see, as uh, I look at my bucket list, one of the things on my bucket list is to get Antarctica, because the only continent I can't go to as part of my mainframe job because I haven't found any mainframes in Antarctica, so I have to go there on my own time But one of the other you can, places you I can really find that you can first find rock rockhopper penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in joke there, in the, there the next one, rock hopper Anyway, yeah, the question is are, are they near Argentina? Because that's the only part of Antarctica I'm likely to get to. You know, or, or are they in a different part of Antarctica? But anyway, Argentina, so Argentina, so
1: that's in South America. That's not part of
0: Antarctica. Anyway, but it's close. No, but no, the, so Argentina a, has a slice of, of Antarctica. That, it you know, does. When you take a cruise Antarctica, that you basically will go to the Argentina part of it in all likelihood.
1: What, to where do or, or something? I stand corrected. Yeah, I shouldn't quarrel with you about geography. You are the, always <laughs> the smartest man in the <laughs> room. If there's well, I geography. doubt that.
0: But I anyway, we still have to establish just how smart you are, because uh, there's a reason I'm interviewing you. And, and you and I have great conversations to share. And so let's let's back up a little bit. How the heck did you end up on the mainframe? Uh, that's a good question.
1: Um, sort of by accident, really.
0: Yeah. I
1: sometimes tell people I, I'm I, I'm not a mainframer. Um, I know it's not politically correct, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this. Um, you know, I might be an, an, an old, bald, white guy. But so I look like a mainframer, but I'm not a mainframer. Um, and you can always edit that out because I don't want to insult some old, bald, white men. Um, but so so interesting, my background, depending on how I'm going to be back in time, is actually genetics. So I, I have a master's degree in uh, what's called natural sciences uh, from a very nice university. I went to the University of Cambridge in uh, in, in England and uh, I'm, I ended up uh, going there, wanting to study physics, fell in love with molecular biology and genetics, which I still um, adore as, as two topics. Um, but what really, what I found really interesting was um, basically computers. Um, when I was 14 years old, uh, there was a, a type of computer called the Sinclair ZX81. It was like a home computer yes. in the
0: UK. And my grandfather that bought had one. a flat keyboard, didn't it? Like there was a flat it, it keyboard, a 1K keyboard. of memory.
1: Just for folks who didn't realize, 1K of memory. We're not talking about a megabyte, right, or 100K. We're talking about one kilobyte
0: of memory. You plugged it into and. A- and- it I went know. to screensaver, and if you touched the wrong key, it would erase all your programs that were in memory.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so that thing was difficult to program, and I learned to program. And my two brothers just wanted to play games on that computer. Bless them. Um, and um, nothing wrong with gamers, you know. But I, I was more interested in writing software. I was just more interested in writing mm-hmm. software. And and a lot of games when 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 you got them were basically just listings. You just typed in a bunch of BASIC, or they they would ship you the source code, right? Yeah. It did I also had a, a Zilog Z80 chip. So the really, really good games were, were built using Assembler. And I actually taught myself um, G80 Assembler and Basic. And I ended up writing game software. And then I ended up trying to do things where you could, in the game software, you could kind of um, punk them a little bit. You could get like infinite lives or if mm-hmm. you know, you know, go to the next level without having to, you, whatever, basically cheat, right? Mm-hmm. By basically yeah. working out, reverse engineering it and working about what memory addresses you need to manipulate and things like that. And I had fun doing that. And I ended up buying my first motorbike selling game hacks to magazines and just weird stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It says before I went to university, I thought about 15 or 16 at the time, and when I was at university, I remember doing a project all about the structure of DNA, the oxy nucleic acid. Most people are familiar with it now. Back at the time, it's quite revolutionary, you know, sequence of DNA, this kind of zipper of like, um, you know, base pairs that not only does it encode the um, template for uh, creating proteins, which is sort of the building block of life, you know everything basically. resonates from proteins, um, or but it's also a self-replicating molecule that can just unzip and rezip as part of the meiosis, yeah. cell division, uh, and that's basically all. All, all organic life is based upon that. And people are very interested in what does it look like. And I mm-hmm. was tr- I was working on my my thesis for my uh, MA about what does it look like, and uh, writing programs in Fortran at the time. And I remember seeing the very first Apple, Apple 2E computer, I think it was the very Mm -hmm. first Apple GUI. And I remember basically being able to code that and do sort of 3D modeling where not only do you show what it looks like, um, most people are familiar with the sequence of what it looks like unzipped, which is the crystalline form in solution, it folds itself inside in what's called vivo inside a cell, Mm -hmm. which is just a big blob. Right. and that blob that shape of it's very important so when you get mutations a tiny mutation in the base pair can have a huge influence on the shape and when things are mm-hmm. exposed or collapsed or concealed or revealed um that changes where the where things could but anyway so I really geeked out on writing graphical software and drag it and being able to print it out and instantly have it printed beforehand I was dealing with like dot matrix printers that were all I could do was print mm-hmm. dots and it mm-hmm. took forever and My program was written in Fortran, and I was writing. And, and I just thought this would be fun. I just remember l- literally thinking, back in the 1980s, 1988, probably, and I remember thinking, this is cool. This is going to be able to be used for a lot. Graphical user interfaces and you know, more affordable computers are going to be something cool. So I uh, my, my, my parents have not forgiven me because I went to university decided to be a geneticist. Um, But I ended up switching into IT. I just thought this would be fun. And I literally went to a job fair and joined a very small company and said, you know, I know nothing about computer science, um, but um, um, I'm keen. And and, uh, that was it. And I never really worked on mainframe computers. I always worked on GUIs, graphical user interfaces. I ended up writing VBXs for Visual Basic. Um, You know, I ended up writing DLLs in C, Windows programming. Um, And then at some point in time, I was I was I was proficient in a language called Smalltalk, um, mm. back in the 1990s. And Smalltalk is kind of there's a bit of a lineage between Smalltalk's OO concepts and and C kind of syntax into um, what became Java, um, mm. and the evolution of that. And then I uh, for personal reasons I needed to I needed a big employer with a healthcare plan, and a friend of mine who was uh, working for IBM at the time, who was director at IBM. Uh, he said, uh, Why don't you come and see what we're doing? And I never thought I would work for IBM. So I joined IBM to work on a project because I had skills in Smalltalk. And Smalltalk was used by IBM to build a software tool called Visual Age, Visual Age for Java, Visual Age for BASIC, very successful tools like IDEs, integrated development environments. And I remember from there working on the, the tool that then became Eclipse, which was basically an open source Java. IDE that was extensible and was also very successful building Java. It's it's it was a very successful project that way outlived its sell by date because Java moved around to you know between being the thing that basically made stuff animate on web pages towards being the desktop computing platform. Neither of which really succeeded. They've both been replaced by better technologies. But now it's a very good server architecture with um you know what's going what's now called microprofile, um J J two E was called at one point in time. So And then I moved from there. And then I wanted to, I was working in America at the time, and I wanted to come back to England. My wife and I wanted to come back to England, bring up our family in England. And I came back to Hursley. And I was sitting around for about two years, looking outside my office, thinking I should probably do something to do with the mainframe stuff that happens in Hursley. My expertise Mm -hmm. was all around building GUIs. And then I said, you know, can I I actually come and do something interesting? And they were like, well, you you don't know anything about kicks or MQ or mainframes. But you know quite a bit about stuff that looks flashy on laptops, GUIs. So I ended up building some GUIs and they're called the Kix Explorer and the ZOS Explorer now working on a project Uh called Zoe, which fits very much into that swim lane, which is where I'm most comfortable, which is basically building flashy stuff that makes things simple to use by having, by, you know, by not, not through text interfaces, best way I can describe it. Anyway, here we go. Big
0: answer okay. to a simple question. Sorry. So I, I'm going to ask you a, a question. I never thought I would ask a mainframe. Ooh. What's your experience of ISPF? Um, so the
1: first time I saw ISPF, I thought, "You got to be kidding me." I remember being in a, being in a going to a training course. I've been to train me, and I went to the training course. I remember sitting in a room, and the first thing we had to do was download an ISPF a 7270 emulator and it was, just a, it was just a mess nothing worked no, absolutely not and the first time i tried to do you know the instructions were hit pfq 12 and i'm looking at my keyboard and i'm like where's <laughs> and i think maybe if i did have one to 12 mapped at some point i had to hit a, a pf key like 19 or something and i, I couldn't find it and then I, I had to hit the clear key, and it was just you've got to be kidding me and i remember funnily enough that's what that's almost I was sitting on this course, I remember, I literally, I stood ahead, I put my hand up and I said, is there not a GUI, a graphical user interface that I could use to, ah. to, to, to drive this with? And I don't remember when it was, 2000 and something, it wasn't, anyway, whenever it was, perhaps 2004, or 2005, and the person said, why do we need that? And I was like, <laughs> and then I ended up having a quarrel with my instructor, um, and I was probably in my early 30s at the time, and he said, GUIs are for wimps, and I was like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? And he and he then went on to this big thing. So WIMP is is it's 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 a kind of a slur, right? You know when people take an acronym and they weaponize it to be an adjective for to insult or you know, so it's Windows icon mouse pointer. Right. So he so he took the word Windows icon mouse pointer, which for me are fantastic uh superpowers, right? They're things that mm-hmm. I just want that they're, they're power-ups, right? I'm like, yeah, or I'm I'm all over that dude. And he was like, "No, they're for wimps." I.e., implying weakness. If you have to use them, then I said, "But surely you want a graphical user interface." The entire the instructor for the entire rest of the time, he walked around, and I see. I can't I'll see if I can show. He he was basically pretending that his feet were stuck to the carpet. He was saying, "Oh, it's Joe wants a gooey. I can't move. It's so gooey." And I remember sitting there <laughs> thinking, "You might have to bleep this word out." I was thinking, you bastard, right? You're you're making me look stupid in front of the other class of students. But the last laugh is on me because, hey-ho, I went back and built the Kix Explorer that's just celebrating its 20, 15th anniversary or something right now. That wow. is now the interface to Kix, right? I went back and I did what everybody should ever do if they receive a snide insult from somebody is go uh, internalize that Use your intellect, your brain rather than your fists or your fingers on the keyboard to deal with that and basically create something and have the last laugh. So that's what got me and that's what is basically to and I I, I use ISPF if I have to, but I am so happy when I can join a call with a customer who says, oh I can't uh, you know I, I can't do something I can't configure a key ring or so I've got some hard problem with TLS or something like that and I'd be like, dude this is my world and they on their Webex, um, other web conferencing tools are available, you know, like Zoom and Microsoft Teams and stuff like that, but demo And they'll show me something in STSF and do all these incredible commands. And I will say, let me grab the screen and I'll show them something using Visual Studio Code plugin the Zeri Explorer, where we can just scroll around. We can do find and replace, we can grab things to, you know, we can, we can use orcs, you know, we can use some more advanced tools. And by the end of that call, I have got that system programmer to be downloading Visual Studio Code. I'm not. Yep, okay. that's it. I'm, I'm getting in? into
0: the, the 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 nerd weeds here, because on the one the hand, nerd uh, yeah, they get into the weeds on, on the nerdy side. On the one hand, oh, yeah. I see that you equate 3270 and ISPF, which is really an interesting way of thinking, because mm. that's the kind of thinking that somebody who very much did not grow up on the mainframe would have. Because we talk to a mainframer, and they don't think of 3270 and ISPF in the same thought. Because no, of course the no, ISPF yeah. is one thing, but for you, that's been your experience. On the other hand, you said, "Ah, oh, AWK, right? That that, that great, uh, you know, Unix shell command. That oh, yeah. is a whole universe unto itself. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I let me put it this. way. I've written articles about regular expressions and wildcards and how uh, ACF2, top secret, and RACF uh, use them differently because they were all developed in the 70s and early 80s." before regular expressions were a thing. You know, I mean, they'd they been developed but they weren't widely rolled out. You know, AUK on the other hand is is sort of the ultimate manifestation of using regular expressions and it anything is. else you can think of to to do just amazingly powerful Ordinary things. On fire, so, and you can
1: pipe to grep and AUK and pipe yeah. and pipe. By the time you're in your yeah. sixth pipe to grep, you are yeah. on fire. You are this multidimensional, yeah. pangalactic super being. And I'm like, yes.
0: I didn't and you come might even be answer. like Zephav Beeblebrox and have two heads. Good or at least a gargle blaster.
1: Good shout out for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams. Like it. Yes.
0: Yeah. So so that said, um, although, do you pronounce his name Zaphod or Zaphod? Zaphod Beeblebrox. Been Which by, by
1: a Pangolastic <laughs> Pangolastic which is, uh, uh, the um is which is a brick with lemon rind wrapped around it, if I'm correct.
0: Uh, the pangolactic uh, gargle blaster. It's
1: supposed to be being hit around the, it, it it's similar to being hit around the head by a brick wrapped in lemon
0: rind. Yes, but you actually do drink it. So unless you're dissolving the brick, I think that's just supposed to be the net no, you effect. You of- drink
1: it, but that's the effect that you have.
0: Yes. right? That's it, that it feels like that. So anyway. It I, sounds I have so to me like using ISPF that. has a similar impact on you.
1: I just, okay, so I get it. <laughs> I get ISPF. I get it when people had terminals and whatever, and when the Jurassic period ended 65 and not 66 million years ago, right, because we have passed the millennium. So um, I'm constantly correcting people on that, using my genetics, nerding out. But no, the, um, okay, so 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 ISPF edit. I had this argument the other day. I was presenting at the iDug, yes. International DBT User Group in Prague last week. And I did this amazing thing. And I was like, guys, what do you want to hear about? Want to hear about Visual Studio Code? And I was flying and I was dancing through the syslog and I was refactoring code and I was submitting jobs and running recs. So I was on fire. Dude, I was on fire. Six engines, boom, we are just, you know, you know. Um, okay, hold on to your seats, children. We're going to the stratosphere, and up goes a hand. What about my ISPF macros? And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not going to knock you over. I'm not going to like kind of grandpa you in the room. But, mm-hmm. but I I like I like syntax highlighting, mm-hmm. YAML, right, and JSON and XML because all of for the mainframe to mo- to re- remain relevant for the mainframe to, to re- tongue of There, we're going to make a limerick out of that one. Um, Oh, um, I like Java languages like Java and Node and languages that are, you know, cross platform and bringing in toolkits written by the Linux community. And they're going to run the Unix system services. Right. Okay. They're not running in PDS with fixed block 80 and stuff. That's basically just the grandchild of a, of a bunch of punch punch cards. Right. You know, that's been OK. It's been prettified and stuff, but it's basically just punch card technology. Right. Um and for that, I need YAML and I need JSON. And ISPF doesn't do that. I have to use function keys at the wazoo. And if I look at log files from an Apache Tomcat that are like really wide. And I've talked with customers who, and then this person was telling me about ISPF can highlight stuff. And he said, you can highlight, but you can only highlight. It doesn't, it doesn't let you highlight JSON or YAML or XML or anything that's come along this side of like, I don't know, like nineteen whenever, right? And I think the closest I could find was I could say, imagine it's C because C comments start with a pound sign. It's just, I just don't like it. I'm sorry, I just don't like yeah. it. Um, I just don't like. Well, that's, ISPF. that's
0: interesting. I mean, I have a different perspective. I, I, you know, for me, I love writing Rex macros for ISPF Edit, and I love the way that ISPF Edit treats data. In a columnar way that lets you, you know, hide rows and and you know move stuff back and forth, you know, it, the, the data you know can be edited really intelligently. But it's it's a very particular type of data, and I think but one then, of the essential differences you've, you've highlighted is the punch card attitude that you until you you sort of uh, drank the punch card Kool Aid, the eighty column punch card Kool Aid that is is really the the uh, jet fuel of the mainframe. You know, you're 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 so um, you know. Into the real world, that it's hard to get your brain into that, but that but perspective of just, thinking like eighty pounds sa- wide.
1: But you're just like a saxophone nerd, right? In a jazz band, right? So I, I, I grew up playing the piano, right? And I'm I'm a fairly good pianist. I grew up playing classical piano, and I have a really nice keyboard at home. I bought my fiftieth birthday. And if I, when I push the keys on it, it's like touch sensitive. It you know doesn't have strings behind it. It's not a proper. It's an upright piano. Um, But it's very good and it's digitally sampled piano as it plays and I can say I want to sound like I'm in the Royal Albert Hall, click a button. It's it's pretty good actually. I can put headphones on, which is good for my neighbours when I'm practising a difficult piece of music because it's not noisy on them. But if I want to, I can hit a button and say make it sound like a saxophone and it's actually really, really pretty good. It's like digitally sampled saxophone for all of the different pitches and obviously I can play a jazz piece. It's okay. A jazz musician would nerd out. It's like, no, I'm sorry. You've got to play the musical <laughs> instrument. You've got to take a piece of wood, a cellist, right? I can make it sound like a cello and I can play cello and I can play trios where I lay down the piano tracks and I lay the cello and the violin and I can actually play better than trios, right? Which sounds a bit weird um, because it's obviously one of me playing. Anyway, Um, but there will be somebody in the room. There'll be the ISPF, there'll be the and Now, cellist, what do they do? They take a piece of wood with horse hair and, and 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 string it, and bow it, and make it sound beautiful. Respect, that's going to take you 15 to 10 to 20 years to master, and you can play cello music. And like, play the piano, hit a button that says play cello. So what my mission on the mainframe is to say, you can hit a button in Visual Studio Code, I don't care what it is, IntelliJ, um, you know, Jenkins, whatever it is, and you can say, see that thing that can talk to every other computer on the planet, but everybody coming out of school knows how to operate it, hit the button and say, play mainframe. And there will always be the ISPF macro people saying, oh, you just know how to use your PF keys and here's how to remap the clear key. And you just got the wrong emulator saying, you know, the Luddites, you know, throwing their shoes at Visual Studio Code. And I'll be like, you know what? Come come on, step, step this way, dude. 100,000 downloads on visual, um, sorry, this is, this is turning into a bit of a sort oh, cool. of aggressive posture I'm taking here, but
0: this, this no, is I, fun. I, I, this SPF is the first time I've heard the word Luddite refer to somebody who favors a technology. It's just the technology, just the technology happens the to be the established time? legacy technology. Oh my
1: goodness, dude, you want to come to some of my, actually, no, I have to be careful. I haven't yet, I haven't yet at a share conference gone full on attack dog. I, 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 I do, I do realize there are some boundaries, but, um, there's a there's an element of me that wants to. Stephen Perber and I have talked about. Should we do the expression where we should we do the talk that basically says, look, we need to just leave this baggage behind, lock it in a museum case, look at it, respect for what it did, but let's skate towards the
0: future. I'm on oh, fire. Really Ooh, important, look. you know, because because on the one hand, I mean, I you know, if you want to find somebody who's who's a, a well, we have a word in Canada, keener. And, and, you know, it's, it's not a word anybody else <laughs> yeah. in, who speaks English. See, if you if you, <laughs> you go to the United I'm States or go UK out. and say keener, it means two things. It either means it's somebody who is more keen or something is more keen, uh, such as, you know, a keening of a knife, or somebody who makes a high-pitched whining sound, they're keening. But in Canada, I'm... keener is the person who does the extra work when they're not going to get extra credit. You know, it's like you're already guaranteed 100%. You still go overboard and do the extra work. They're the person who does extra stuff just for the sheer enjoyment of doing extra stuff. And and so I'm a mainframe keener. I'm a mainframe legacy keener. I, I'm just all about this. And yet part of that is recognizing that the mainframe absolutely has a future, but it doesn't mean it has a future. I might choose for it as somebody who's really sold on the, the old interfaces, you know, that the, you know, the the future of the mainframe may very oh, well be uh, You can always bring, you can always bring
1: your cello and your ISPF saxophone, and you can always jam, jam with the cool kids, but I'm going to bring my keyboard.
0: Sorry. Anyway. And I love how it comes back to a keyboard either way, you know, you're, you're going on and on and on about the mouse, and it all comes back to a keyboard, you know.
1: For, you know, Ooh, we're talking about cards. <laughs> to say, to say, the wimp, the wimp, the wimp in the room, the kimp. They came with the keyboard, but no, but what I'm I was talking about, my piano keyboard. Um, but goodness, I mean, soon we're just going to be looking at the screen and blinking and, and you know, it's going to be, we can talk. I mean, Siri, I mean, gosh, I, I I talked to her. Have you ever had those conversations with people where, like, you're driving, you're next to somebody, my wife does this, and she talks to her sister, and she goes, she so gets Siri to say a text that gets sent to her sister, who then uses Siri to say a text that goes back, and I'm like,
0: oh, you can just push the button. I can't do that. You can I can just do that. that. I, I'm but, but, I'm a compulsive so... speller. Uh right. I, I desperately need to spell words properly. It's 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 a probably a personality flaw. But you know, uh I have literally had to learn to forgive my friends for sending me texts that theory put the wrong words in, and I have to read them out loud to figure out what they were saying.
1: Or so they use your as and your your and your correctly and things like well, that. But well, it's just get,
0: like they'll have literally three words that sound exactly the same as what they're trying to say but mean completely different things. You have to say those three words together to hear what it is they're trying to communicate because that's what Siri heard.
1: Okay, so I'm not a bigot. I understand that ISPF has a place. But I also under- recognize the fact that of most of the... So I was at Imperial College in London recently at an IBM's e- Datathon, mm-hmm. and an IBM Z on And one of the big successes that Zoe's had is the fact that professors at universities and people teaching teaching mainframe skills, perhaps as just part of a curriculum, right? Um, uh, it, it It's a more welcoming and pleasing interface. At some point in time, you know, when... the when I was going to say when the shit hits the fan, but I'm not because I couldn't swear on this call. You probably do need to crank up a 3270 emulator and go and edit a palm lib, right? Or a proclib using ISPS. I get that, right? When the car breaks down by the side of the road, and you can't patch it, you know, you need to call for the repair. They've got better kit available, right? They're more trained, yeah. I get that, but that shouldn't be your day one experience is that you have to get into a time warp your way back and understand how to allocate a PDS, fix block, select what kind mm-hmm. of tape drive, emulate, you know, I mean, that stuff belongs in
0: Anyway,
1: uh-huh. I, I, I well, So I just see ISPF as part of that whole kind of like headwind of just and there's also massive bigotry in the mainframe. I mean, it's not it's not a diverse enough community. When I go to conferences, I don't I, I see change. I see change happening and sometimes change is force. And I'm actually a huge proponent of, of, of forcing change. I'm very, very much whenever I view submissions for conferences, I love putting, uh, you know, more diverse people, diverse backgrounds, whether in all senses of the word, you know, gender, race what every, every every possible sense of that word can mean. And I'm not just discriminating against older people as well. I recognize that, that also sometimes is a diverse factor. Um, but the mainframe world is still a shrinking world of, of of introverts who think that they and they alone are waiting to, to save humanity because people will come to them. And that's not the case. If you go to a non-mainframe conference, there's a lot of very smart people out there and we need to we need to hybridize and blend with some of that intellect um, at all levels, right?
0: Wow. Awesome. Joe, I, I knew we were going to go over 15 minutes. We we're actually at about uh, 27 and a half minutes now. Uh, and, uh, Just delete so the first all the thing swearing. I say swearing I I, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm sorry for <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about players. five minutes out of it. I insulted all the cello players and saxophonists. But, uh, <laughs> but that said, um, I, I, I it's interesting you see saxophonists rather than saxophonists. Um, I'm not sure which I would say. I would assume I would say, but anyway, that's that's all. It, it, here's the thing: is is I want uh, the the call to action for this is go see Joe. Uh, Joe is presenting Woo! at every different mainframe conference you can think of, and and he's getting like you know five star out of five ratings for everything he does. Oh, I, um, I have some. You can tell this guy is, is on fire. Uh, you know, and, and so uh, I I'm happy to know him because it's, it's, having a conversation with this dude is just fun, uh, and his presentations are also really fun. Uh, so that said, uh, with the uh, little time that we theoretically have left in this call, uh, what I'm going to do is, is what I typically do is I'm going to ask you to paint a picture of the future of the mainframe. Um, you know, and I, I like to use the term that that I may have been the one to coin uh, called uh, prediction. That's, you know, uh, what, what they say, you know, that uh, the best way to predict the future is to choose it. Uh, to proactively choose that future. And then say, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, or here's what's going to happen. So as you think about the future of the mainframe and what you intend to make it to be, uh, what does the future of the mainframe look like, you know, five, fifty, five hundred 500 years from now?
1: So the mainframe is, a, I remember, sound like an IBM salesperson here. It's a very secure <laughs> mainframe computing platform. Everything is always a blend. So in genetics, for example, you have a blend between single-celled organisms, which is basically bacteria and yeast, And huge and they can evolve very, very quickly and huge multicellular organisms, um, you know, that tend to suffer when the climate changes. You tend to get mass extinctions. Right. And unfortunately, we're one of the multicellular ones. Right. So we will be outlived by bacteria (laughs) and yeast, but we can have more fun while we're here. So let's uh, let's have some fun while we're here. Um, So I do think that as the world gets into more perilous areas, to do with, uh, you know, the, the 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 AI algorithms and you know, uh, the truth. You know, who really the, the, is this really genuine? You know, where's the ledger that this came from? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you know, all of the things where secure computing, people's personal data being used uh, for, you know, impersonation and fraud and blackmail and all the sort of, you know, I I do want I do want the mainframe computing's values, which is what seven eight nines uptime. To always remain true, the DB2s, the transaction process of this world. I think they're fundamentally squarely there. What I'd like to see is the 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 platform shouldn't have such a steep learning curve to get to it. Right? It there should be it should just be easier for for for. I was at Imperial College London just a few days ago. It should be easier for people who to, to be able to b- become proficient. Um, faster to, to be able to basically use the platform for what it's very good at doing yeah mm. um it should be open simple and familiar hey ho those are the three taglines for the Zoe project that i happen to work on oh. but that's what it should be so when i go so you talk about 510 when i go to a mainframe conference i'd love you to come and come to one of my sessions and give me five stars mm. right which is great <laughs> um because which which ordered you to so you have to now there you go I, and that's not your I'll be playing saxophone music on my keyboard just to annoy Reds because it'd be like squeaky and beepy. Um, oh, cello. Um, but 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 I want to see a more diverse community. I want to see more debate. I I just want to see more healthy debate. Um, that's 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 what I want to see. So I wanted to see more more happy, and I didn't want to see people talking about the past. Right. So when you when you ask me about ISPF, you just really grated against the thing. That I, do, <laughs> I don't it's not we shouldn't be talking about the past apart from to basically uh, realize mistakes that others made, possibly ourselves. But we are not that person. We we are not we are not the sum of our worst mistakes that we've made in life. Right. We should be completely looking out the front window and um, and just. Just don't create it. So I don't even like mainframe conferences. I want to have IT conferences. I want to get other people in the room. I want to get people who are building cool things with mobile phones, who are building cool things with AI, who are solving difficult problems to do with um, predicting the weather, you know, um, when to harvest a crop, when to plant a crop, you uh, you know, what strain to select. Very complex things that have to be solved for the benefit of humanity. And the mainframe is a computing platform that excels at doing all of that stuff. Mm. Um, amen. I'm
0: well, I, 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 I I'm not deliberately taking the last word on this, but it seems like I might just because I have to Any sentence that up. says
1: I'm not deliberately is
0: like, <laughs> but, I think we an insulting
1: parts, but, but go
0: ahead. Okay, so let, let me do this. Uh, before I do my, my finish up blurb, let, let me just say that uh, you and I don't think the same way about ISPF. Because on the one hand, I absolutely oh. agree with you. Things like Zoe uh, are the future of the mainstream. But I don't think that ISPF is exclusively the path of the mainframe. I think that it's a very special uh, environment that does things. Now, for me, I mean, your know, three point four and Rex macros uh, are are always going to be a very special okay. part of my Okay, you did.
1: You me, and I've had this discussion before. Editor of choice, freedom. Everybody should be able to be whoever they are. I will welcome everybody. I will welcome any debate with anybody. There's a few people I won't debate with, right, who have real exceptions. There's a few things that I think are just like, no, you should be locked away, right, and humanity should just just stick you in a dark room. But for the most part, and, and so I'm happy to debate ISPF, but if you go into an organisation, what I don't want you to be doing is using proprietary source code managers, proprietary tools, you know, weird, strange bits of assembler that only you understand, right? So... DevOps is all about whatever editor you use, I don't care. Configuration as code is this incredible North Star about the fact that don't touch live systems, touch the definition of a system. And that's already done by the distributed community. Which, by the way, where did the word distributed come from? Mm. Mainframes talk about the distributed community. I worked in Windows and Linux for a year. I, I never thought I was part of a distributed community. I get it, because you're saying we're a central compute, centralized, and they're distributed, and somehow... Mm-hmm. it's just like all these weird words it's like anyway i've stolen your last word from you yeah
0: uh, that's okay good uh, so uh, we not only could we but we will keep talking but i think probably ha- having blasted right through 30 minutes i think this is the longest one of these podcasts that i've done yet I'm uh, so sorry. that's it nobody's listening everybody left <laughs> <laughs> i think this will be one of my most listened to ones quite honestly but that said Okay, well, I I intend to be back with another podcast next month, but uh, in the meantime, check out the other content on Check Channel. Uh, You can also subscribe to the weekly newsletters, webinars, ebooks, solutions directory, and more on the subscription page. I'm Reg Harvick.